0: Hey universe, Um, if I were to quantify the mental mood I try to achieve before hitting the record button, it might be something like um, uh, mentally frisky or uh, uh, filled with conundrums or uncertain of a basic question something that at least gets me in a mood of coming to interesting thoughts. But I have nothing of interest in this conundrum, which is why I can only get my dog now to eat cat chow. I bought Beneful. she wouldn't eat it. She won't eat her dog chow that she's eaten for a eleven and a half years. Is she eleven and a half yet? No. For she ate it for basically 11 plus years, and quit eating it on the day that they put that little uh, what does it look like? It looks like a juju bee um, in the dog chow mix. Whatever that new piece is, it's not in the Beneful, but she won't touch the Beneful. If I put Beneful and Cat Chow in the same bowl, she eats the Cat Chow pieces, which are the size of a Tic Tac, and leaves the Beneful pieces, which are the size of a juju And she's just currently crawling on the floor to get more of these little pieces of cat chow while the cat's eating hers up on the bed. It's, they they go nuts for it. They both love it, and I don't, is it that much more flavorful? But anything else that I try to feed my dog right now, she rejects. So I guess today, in snowpocalypse, three to four inch snow so far that we've gotten, which is not much, uh, I'll be going to Walmart to get a huge bag of cat chow, so the might cat and dog can eat. But believe it or not, this is about to get less interesting than what we just talked about, because I'm going to go review all that stuff in my notebook from a year ago. So why would I do that? Because as I say every time, or at least I try to, if I remember, why are you listening to this? Go do something better with your life. You go to Walmart and get a bag of cat food. And frankly, if you'll go to Walmart and get a bag of cat food and drop it off at my house, well, I'll stop talking right now. Uh, okay. I didn't say I'd stop talking forever. I said I'd stop talking. And frankly, there's no way to shut me up. So, this will persist until my mouth no longer exists. Put that in your Dr. Seuss book. Pause. Oh, and uh, while I go do my thing, well, yeah, I, I obviously haven't baked enough, but I have a surprise. Do I? Maybe I don't. Certainly. First skipped message. Hi, Everton County. It's Lily. Um, She's not my niece. Danny took a call and um, I say I didn't call. Um, really cute girl working at Walmart. I was going to try to get her number three. I don't know what that's about. She reminds me a lot like a little elf or something. Anyway, I don't really know my return number. Hopefully it shows up on your phone. Give me a call if you want. I'm out in the boonies. Love you. Bye. End of message. Delete. Press 7. Save. So, I do believe that means she's at the halfway house because she doesn't know the number she's calling from. And I do believe I've gotten a call from that number already once. Um, I can't confirm that because I think I got it on my other phone. And I also believe that, uh, with that much coherence in what she said, she's not on, uh, street drugs, so I have to believe that, uh, Lily is, uh, soon to be seen, and now that she has my number, I will wait till she knocks on my door, because, uh, I don't want to call her in treatment facilities and things like that, because she should be concentrating on herself in those situations, and, uh... Actually, don't know if I believe what I just said for the last 30 seconds, so I will revisit this stuff. The stuff with Lily is a lot of what... (laughs) No. No, it is not. But what I've always been glad I didn't have to go through is the uncertainty of parenthood. Because having a kid is an enormous 179 in life. I don't know if you turn all the way around in one fell swoop, but you do a lot of immediate life different evaluation, priority, prioritization, and processing from day one forward that never changes. But it's all geared toward, you now have a nuclear family. <laughs> and I never had that. I never even had a, wow, now I have a wife. I, I've had, okay, now I have a dog. And there's no cross comparison there. There's emotionally some level of intertwining, but there's no responsibility level that comes remotely close to children that anything in the universe presents. So I am the ultimate shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about, guy, but watching everybody else go through it and seeing the shell shocked reaction of their lives was part of the reason I don't have kids and I'm a pretty observant guy. So The one thing that made it easier and easier to realize my life was a little too chaotic to even consider kids was how much consideration came with kids. Too much consideration. Over the course of time, I came to realize I was destined not to have them. I thought I'd have been a good dad. I thought i had been a shitty husband. I knew those thoughts most of my life. So even my own recipe for getting involved wasn't good. And I think I knew it. And why get into a situation where it's not going to be giving the opportunity for greatness at least one chance, if not a 100% chance? I was giving none of that. So, somewhere in my deep monkey brain, I thought to myself, wait, am I a monkey? Maybe. And then I thought, am I a monkey should make other monkeys? Maybe not. And as the maybe not became a, Nope. It wasn't a transition I liked. I knew it was a transition that was right, but I didn't have to like it. I didn't have to like this side of myself because it was disappointing. It was disappointing I was such a douche with women, mostly. And it was disappointing that I was such a live for the now, live for today, live for whatever's immediately here to be had, that there was no way be responsible enough to think about a kid's college education 18 years from now. I could barely pay my own back. That's one thing I did pay back, though. So, life's directions that you choose often are not even the choices you really thought you were going to make. But, coming to grips with all of that, I think is what's giving me the perspective now to think everything's forgivable. Everything that never got done or should have gotten done or got done the wrong way and needs to be redone or frankly was a complete fuck-up and should be scrapped and never thought of again, it's all okay. Why get anything but resolve and motivation to go out and do better? From whatever you can uncover that you might not have done as well as you wished you had, and so I don't live in any regret. I used to. I used to really regret not getting married, even. And now, I mean, I could still get married. That's a, a that'd be a dumb <laughs> goal to live my life toward. But I'm not without the possibility to make that the most important goal in my life and go achieve it. Um, kids, I could do the same thing, but it would be reckless because i have n- no stability on which to provide something of uh of value at all times to my children so to have one i would have to get my shit together in that regard overnight and i don't i don't really have that kind of uh capability so these are things that in your 30s you don't even put emphasis toward because well, it'll sooner or later work itself out. It always does. My life's that way. And by letting my life work itself out the way it worked itself out, it included no kids and no perspective when it comes to what parenthood and the legacy of genetic recreation offers for purpose in life. My purpose in life can't come through my kids. I don't have any. My purpose in life has to come through finding purpose for me. Inner purpose. Tranquility. Tranquility. Serenity with my cohorts on this silly ride I call 8675309 Earth. Those people in my life are my family and kids, because everybody I run into, everybody on the human journey, is somebody of value to me. Because there's nobody of more value in the universe to me than anybody else, even kids. I don't have any. And while maybe my labradoodle is the most valuable thing in the universe, To me, the cat's not. So, that's just how great the Labradoodle is. Kitty? Eh. There ain't room on the ship. There ain't room on the ship. Alright. Spoke so much about myself last time that it was like every other time. Because this is all about myself. And why anybody else is listening is interesting to me, but not all that interesting to me. Because I've listened to sources of contemplation across all paradigms. Why not dip your toe in every pool? Why not see what this or that is about? Why not spread yourself into everything of interest while you're here? And if you're out there thinking it's your fault, you fucked up. And you're sitting there and you're selling... Pity party that nobody else wanted to show up for, thinking, well, nobody else is going to talk to me. I'll listen to a podcast. At least then I'll hear another human voice. And you landed on this. Well, first of all, get the fuck up. What are you doing? Quit having a pity party. The only way to get out of whatever rut you feel like you're stuck in, or whatever problem you think the world is serving up that you're getting too much of, or any of that other delusional shit that your life is unfair is to go make your life fair by taking action. Taking action in what you know you are to be real. Are you kind? Well, then spend today going out and finding some moment in which to be kind. And you won't feel so fucking sorry for yourself, I promise. There are ways in which, if you're just losing the game, it's probably your fault for not even really playing it correctly. I had a lot of that. But I was messaged in society to chase certain things, like financial gain, Or glitz and glamour that when I got them seemed awfully not worthy. And so collapsed did I because nothing that I wanted to achieve did I understand until I was at least 40. Because everything I was told to achieve felt wrong, even when I achieved it. So sit around and feel sorry for myself, did I? And for no reason. Life started giving me perspective. Life started telling me I was doing it wrong. Life started telling me I needed to do some things differently to feel purpose again from within. And I didn't really listen. I mostly said, fuck you, life. I will sit here and feel sorry for myself until you tell me I'm dead. And then life said, yeah, that's going to be a while. So get the fuck up and let's not be listening to podcasts. Let's go do something with our life. And now, here I am, doing things with my life. Explaining those things is part of my journey, but this is my life. So, you doing your life shouldn't involve a whole lot of listening to what I do in my life, nor should it involve anything else other than listening to inside of you what you should be doing for yourself in this world to have a purposeful life. If we're all doing that, I promise this world comes together in some sort of convergence and harmony that is unknown to us as a species at this point. It may have been some sort of civilizational ascension previously on this planet, but it isn't for us yet. It's there to be had if we're willing to take the chance to believe in ourselves. What we don't do right now is believe in ourselves at all. All of us think that in some way, shape, or form, we fucked up. Or we have days that we look back and think of ourselves and we shudder. We are... Appalled that that's the day we had, whether we were too aggressive, too weak, too limited, too overbearing, it doesn't matter. We have flaws and they come out aplenty. So what this culture of I'm better than you, I'm the best, I'm always excellent, doesn't teach us, is how to handle mistakes. How to handle what went wrong. How to handle us at our not best. How to be us at our not best. How to walk through years of being mediocre and come out still excellent. Those lessons are way harder to come by. In fact, in most ways, you end up teaching yourself. And even if I can describe a scenario precisely identical to the one you're having trouble with right now and how I pulled through it and what it means to me now to be on the other side... That doesn't mean it's going to work for you. It might, but being told how to go through life in a better format than the one you're currently experiencing oftentimes isn't enough. You just have to knucklehead your way through some stuff. Even if you get great advice, you may find out that your path isn't that path. So part of what I hope all of this is doing is letting you know that whatever mistakes and bumbles you're going to make still going forward are going to be fine. It's a lot better to start motivating yourself toward something of purpose while mistakes get made on the way than it is to still sit there and talk yourself out of starting because you're not ready. Start something of purpose for yourself, and it'll work itself out. Seriously, that is true of the universe. It's how the universe works. Your effort, though, is the key catalyst to the goodness that is achievement and destiny in your purposeful life. You're sitting on the couch thinking your purpose is going to find you. Doesn't work. So, in the way I'm reviewing these, and this is episode 13's review. It's seven minutes and 29 seconds long. This episode. It's called "Do You Not Heed Any of My Warnings?" And because those are the titles, uh, that's the title. Give myself what I assume is going to be in this episode something to grade upon. So I chose preachiness, which I gave myself a B minus for this one. There is some preachiness in this one for sure. Thinking I'm better than you is another one I graded, which I gave myself a B. There's more preachiness than thinking I'm better than you because I really don't think I'm better than you. So that doesn't come out very often, but sometimes I hear myself being condescending or something else. Rudeness, I gave myself an A plus. This one's kind of rude. Uh, yeah. Uh, and for my forgiveness, understanding, and kindness grade, otherwise known as my fuck grade, I gave myself a D, an F, and a D in that order. So uh, I'm basically admitting to the fact that I have uh, walked into the house and found that my dog has left me an enormous pile of dog pudding in my kitchen, and on the day that I actually had come home with a whole bunch of cleaning products to clean the kitchen. And it was in need, and Lily had been out of the house for a while, so this was the day. And I had put it off a couple of other times, especially because i just started working again. So i give myself excuses to get out of doing it, and it was a chore of a job. And this was a day in which I had about eight hours to get the job done. And what do I do but I walk into the dog having shit all over the carpet? And it was just... And to this, she hasn't done it since, I don't think. But... um although she barfed all over my bed, the the pile of crap in the kitchen was as if the universe said, if you're not going to clean it up today, then we're just going to make it so messy you can't live in your own house. And it was one of the first times that I could laugh at something that was so fucking awful. I mean, you walk into your house and you smell dog shit and you know your dog's in the house, you know something's gone wrong and you just want to find it and deal with it. It's not a situation that makes you laugh. I remember sitting there with, and I, seriously, I'm holding like four grocery bags in each hand. I'm overburdened. Now there's dog shit in my house. The house reeks of a a foul odor that only this can produce. And I'm just laughing my ass off thinking, fuck, I was going to clean the kitchen. God damn you. You had to make this happen. So, I now have, a year later, finally cleaned the goddamn kitchen. And I keep... I mean, I've worked in kitchens, so I know what it means to have a clean environment in which to cook. That matters to me, and it always has and it always does. In fact, I have a bleach towel sitting by my stove at all times because you have to keep, your, you have to keep the place where you prep food clean, period. Even if the rest of your house is a goddamn sty, you have to have clean prep food areas. And uh, so my kitchen being disorganized is really what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about filth, but disorganized because I had taken a lot of things from the workshop and the garage and moved them into a platform countertop I had built in the kitchen to do projects, which then spilled into the entire kitchen, which turned the kitchen into essentially a garage. Um, So I fixed that. Now it looks like a kitchen again, but it took a year because it took three or four years to get into that situation and it took some little intervention which now my kitchen can withstand because I don't have my drills as my blender. Oh yeah, I still do use my drills for my blender. But that's just because blenders are shitty. They break. Drills don't. So if you want a good suggestion, if you keep breaking the 1999 blender you're buying at Walmart, quit buying it. Either buy a drill or buy the $100 blender on Amazon and have a blender for life. Wait, blender? Mixer. Whatever it is you make cookies with. And I don't mean the thing that You walk away from and leave going on the counter. I don't have one of those things. I have a drill with a single... uh, What is the four-pronged blender? Does that have a name? Whatever the basic blend... Wait, am I calling it a blender again? See what I'm saying? I better go smoke some weed. Am I even recording? Oh, I am. Unfortunately for you. Pause. Okay, you know me. I always like to bring a visual aid to an audio recording, so there's my mixer, there's my drill, see the difference, no, because I don't either, and uh, that's part of the fun of living alone, you can make your drill your mixer, and you know what the cat says, nothing, pause, oh, it says, where'd my pause button go, god, I hate this phone when it does that, pause, or that, unpause, okay, So episode 13 was a moment in time when I got uh, a message from the universe that was foul and filled with uh, the sort of wreck-my-day possibility that should wreck your day, unless you've come to an agreement with yourself that you no longer let your day be wrecked by whatever happens around you that's out of your control. It really was out of my control that my dog took a dump in my kitchen. I believe. Maybe I've let her eat something I shouldn't have. and So I had some say in the matter if I relived life, but I didn't walk in thinking, well, that 1% chance people have lost her bowels in the kitchen is still active. Let's go see what happened. No, I walked in and thought, oh God, that's the worst pile of shit in my house ever. She just set a record for the best pile of shit to ever come into my life unexpectedly in my kitchen. A record which she hasn't broken since, nor has she even challenged. So, it's like walking home that night in circumstances that just went wrong. So it so it goes. But getting in a better mood because you have to clean up a pile of what could have been 16 ounces of dog shit that had the gelatinous stability of pudding. Well, that is a little harder circumstance to laugh at. I'd rather walk five miles at 11.30 at night every single time. But laughing at the hard lessons in life makes your life a lot more fulfilling, or at least a lot more pleasurable, and also takes the stain of snapping at somebody in the wrong circumstance. I wasn't mad at you. I was mad because I had to clean up dog shit in the kitchen today. Well, don't be mad because you had to clean up dog shit in the kitchen, and... Nobody else to be apologized to for the way you snapped at him, right? All right, on to the next one. Episode 14 is called, For Me, That's the Purpose of Life. It's 11 minutes and 33 seconds long, so maybe destiny and cosmic coincidence says this one's worth listening to. Probably not. <clears throat> so I judge myself on the wisdom of this. Since I tell you the purpose of life, I figure that's got to have some wisdom in it, which I gave myself a B. This one has a little bit of uh, of accessibility. That's another... Uh, category I use, they gave myself a B for that. In my fuck grade, it's a CBC minus. C-, so fine. I'm sorry. My forgiveness is a C. My understanding is a B, and my kindness is a C minus. I find myself being not very kind in the first twenty. Uh, distractedness on this one's a C plus. Uh, and I admit that what uh, has me on this recording trying to sort through is. How the world feels tilted in all sorts of weird directions. Um, even me rooting for the Bills. I mean, they're just ways that uh, that I'm I'm still figuring out how to talk about what I think is of substance for all of us to be thinking about or considering, even if it's just privately. I don't. I don't try to. Sp- I don't, <laughs> Hmm. I don't really have prescriptive thoughts. If, if people come to me and ask for advice, which happens enough that I've had to say, I have no advice for you, I really do try in those moments to give you what I know to be a value given that you've come to me asking for help. But splattering a bunch of shit into the universe of random nature, well, it's hard to do, honestly. It's hard to do with a level of consistency in the conversation that appeals to yourself. And that's part of what had me go dark for a while. Not dark, not dark. Had me uh, stop recording. That's my, that's in the business. We call that going dark, <laughs> you know, because this business is the business that I'm making up. Um, so I can hear the angst. I can hear the, how am I going to tell you that? I think, these things are all fucking horseshit because when I look into them, I'm being told they're all horseshit when in fact I thought they were all true just three years ago or whatever. You know, like if you've changed your entire structure of belief, admitting that to people is a challenge. Um, And then I go about testing my audio, which is why I thought this was okay is a question I still have today. Um, So subjecting you to that, I guess it's just admitting that I'll subject you to the worst of me because I'm figuring out my audio recording, uh, priority and, and set up in real time during my recordings that I released. I did some of that stuff on the side, so it wasn't all on the recordings, but fucking a man, what was I doing? Well, I was daydreaming into nothingness as I describe it. That's what I call this pursuit of mental, uh, hmm. Ping-pong? What am I playing with myself? I don't even know. I start telling you I'm a cocky son of a bitch, that I think I'm smarter than everyone else. So I start admitting to some of my hubris here, which is good. It took me a while to get to that, but I still have to admit to my hubris today. And I know as a white male American, I am filled with ideas that I'm exceptional and better than other people. I know I'm filled with them. So they are a part of my blanket. They got woven in. I have to manage them. I have to admit to them. And I have to be okay with the idea that I think of other people as not as uh, it's not as valuable. I've never thought that. It's just that I thought I think sometimes I got... I showed up to the field with the best equipment. We're all playing the same game. I just, for whatever reason, happened to show up with exactly the best reviewed stuff on Amazon. And so, that's why, when I reflexively think, well, it's all my fault, what did I, what else did I want? What other advantages did I think I should have gotten that would have given me a better chance to have been the superstar I think I am? Or am I just filled with delusion of a musical that I still love to this day? Jesus Christ Superstar and the idea that we're all capable of being great ascendant beings still resonates with me. So, I've never thought any one of us had more value than another, but I've always thought that the value I got to play the game was the highest value that was available. So, that is why I'm cocky. And a selfish piece of shit sometimes is because I still look at other people as having gotten less of a skill set to play the game and thus are at a bigger disadvantage than me. That I do believe. I'll have to re-listen to it to think if I really believe that. But if I don't think I've got every possible way needed to win the game, then that feels delusional. Because I do. I was given all the gifts, in my opinion, because I lack or desire almost nothing in a capacity to think, if I only had that, then this. No, I've had that all along. So it's just time to say, well, then this. This is who I am. You want me to be unkind? I won't. If I'm somehow supposed to misunderstand you, I don't understand why we would do that. But I'll forgive you if somehow that's what you think is going to make us go forward, because I believe through kindness and understanding and forgiving that which was neither, we'll move into a place we always should have been. So, the value I see in all of us is exceptional. The skill set I see in all of us is unique. The skill set I got, I think, is about the best class of armor that was available to start the game. So, why am I still standing back here wondering how my firearm works? I don't know. But recklessly shooting it off is not something I'm willing to do anymore. So, To play with me, you just have to be kind, understanding, and forgiving. Whatever else you are, well, I guess that's what you brought to the human experience. And if you don't have kindness, understanding, or forgiveness in you, well, maybe you should start developing those skills. Because you need to turn them toward yourself first. And once you've done that, then turning them to anything else the world throws at you becomes easier and easier. So, in this one, I also talk about needing to let go of the, the details. Uh, I think I do high-caliber work. Oh, I need to let go of the details. I say I need to let go of being such a detail-specific observer and at the same time admit that I think I do high-caliber work when I put my mind to it. So, there, you don't get to say both without realizing that there are advantages and disadvantages to everything that you have. You're the kind of person that sees every goddamn thing going on, and other people miss all kinds of shit all the time. Well, that means that when push comes to shove and you're putting a project together that takes planning, you'll have taken more details into account than most, so you'll produce a better outcome. But having that detail lens constantly active in a world filled with social cues and miscues can put you in a chaotic emotional state over shit that's not even going on. So, I, I, doing high caliber work is about getting into a position where you're not being pulled out of balance in any direction, whether it's emotional, intellectual, social, or or uh, professional or or any other eschial. You just, you just have to be able to to stand stable and in some foundational consistency at all times to produce your best work over the course of time building skills and getting somewhere that matters to you is a deliberate process one that you will always know you're engaging in as you build toward whatever level of achievement you're trying to attain if you can't feel those things about your life you're, rel- you're 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 going to the wrong activities. At least I think. Uh, I just need one more point of detail, one more data point to really know what's going on around here. Huh? And that's funny that I say that after I need tell myself to let go of the detail. Well, I am not in any way conflicting here because it's in realizing that there is no way to get that last data point to clarify the picture so much that you know what the outcome will be when you go in. We live in a chaotic universe for a reason. You're here to be tested. You're here to fail. You're here to recover. So there is no knowing enough of the details going in to know the outcome coming out. You have to go through the experience. You're here to change into a particle or a wave depending on what reflexive circumstance you decide to activate. I mean, you're the participant, you're the active agent, so you don't get to know every detail going into something that you're going to be within because you're in it and you can't know your own circumstance until you perform. So quit looking for explanations as to why everything's happening and go experience things as your true self so you can know how you experience things. And... I spent my whole life trying to figure it all out instead of just living my life in a way that meant something to me, that brought me meaning. Fuck the questions. Who cares? You didn't manifest here to not experience this. So go experience it. And experience it, I do. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We've already talked about that. How many dog shit piles in the kitchen make your life improve? Only one so far, but one did. And it's the last one that happened, so maybe the next one will be even better. If you learn to befriend your emotions, they will fortify your purpose. Yeah. Emotional energy is what you are creating from nothing. You want to know how you create something from nothing? Tell me what your emotional energy, where does it come from? It comes from you. So, if your ability to generate something in this universe is the ability to generate emotion, well, that's energy. But that's energy that needs to be managed. And you have to be able to take your emotional energy and put it into a positive output in your life. And I believe this comes from At least for me, it did. Coming to grips with your negative emotions. Anger is something I never, ever wanted to feel because it meant that I was going to make someone else feel bad. Because every time in my household there was anger, somebody else was hurt emotionally, not physically. But that was worse. At least if I cut my skin, it heals and I never really think about it again, except, hey, No one left a scar because I've cut myself a lot, but I can still feel emotional pain from my childhood. Feel it right now. I'm feeling it. It's there. It didn't go away. And so is yours. It's just something that is what it is. And so we all just sort of live with this emotional anchor that's in our hearts from all the hurt in our life instead of finding a way to think through that emotional energy and cleanse yourself of that pain. Now, as a white middle-class American with a pampered life and a goddamn selfish attitude about I'll do what I want whenever I want, so fuck off, how much emotional pain did I go through? Mostly that which I caused. Now, that doesn't make mine any easier to reevaluate and look at. In fact, sometimes I can't. It's too hard to look at. Pain I've caused but look at it I do because pain I caused is pain I don't want to cause again emotional pain and emotional uplifting energy are both available I can send you one or the other or neither but having an effect on other people and their emotional state is the human experience so befriend your own emotions first Because you have to be okay with whatever emotional pain you've both caused and suffered in life. It's the energy that you're here with uniquely to provide to the universe without having to go find something to provide it. You get to create it as if you're a magician deciding, here's what I'm going to give the universe, my emotional frustration today. You are? Okay. That means the rest of us have to somehow weave that into our blankets, and hopefully destroy it ourselves. Or you could come laughing at your circumstances, telling us what an enjoyable time you've had going through the rough patches, and transfer perspective to us that makes us think, how'd that lady handle all that stuff so easily when I always fuck all that shit up? Maybe I'm not emotionally stable enough to react to situations against me with stability, grace, and purpose, so I don't get thrown off. Ask yourself that question for 35 years without answers, and then all of a sudden start achieving those results without trying? Well, you'll find yourself talking to yourself like I do, wondering, what happened? But you know what happens too? You just start living a purposeful life, and you no longer care what happened. You're still going through it, so you're still trying to understand it, but your life is awesome. So thank you, random circumstance of uh, synthetic injection into the uh, hallucinations I'm suffering in this simulation, but this version of your drugs are way better than the other version of your drugs. I like these, so I'm going to pause and have some more of them. Pause. All right, we're at 3947, and that means I want to keep this under an hour. I have episodes 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19 to get through. Five episodes. That is four minutes per episode. Uh, Good luck to me. That's what we're going for. So, pause and I'll be back. Oh, I've already taken four seconds off this episode. Now I've taken six. Eight? Oh, I hate my pause button. Okay. So, the next one, episode 15. Wander in there and have this conversation. This was the first title I remember being aggravated that I was limited in character structure for naming titles in Android. Because at the time, I was loading everything up on the phone. And uh, what I wanted the file to say was, I don't want to wander in there and have this conversation because, here again, I was being an asshole and testing audio uh, consistency and inconsistency with a microphone walking through snow to the store. And you can understand me. And that was the bar at which I was setting myself. Rather than deciding that audio uh, that's barely uh, listenable is listenable. Instead of audio that's cultivated to be no issue of listenability is much more listenable. uh, I didn't quite have that perspective at this point in time. I don't quite have that perspective now. Um, But I do have that obligation in a world filled with standards that are rising to try to rise with the standards that exist. So I'm in. And in the grades for this one, I gave myself a humor grade of a D. My fuck grades are DBD minus. My word misusage went from a B minus to a C minus to D minus at the end. And my dorkiness is a D. This is one of my worst episodes, but mostly just because of the audio. However, There are only a few, how many notes did I take on this episode? Probably 10. Um, I'm one to get stuff like um, discounts and hell, I even have $600 worth of money that Kaiser owed me that has filtered its way all the way back through unclaimed property in the Colorado state system that I just need to go get, I think, but I've never gone and gotten it. And I think it's probably expired at this point. But it's, I mean, that's six years ago that I was fighting for that fucking check that I forgot to cash. Anyway, and now six years later, I'm like, the last thing I want to do is go touch all that shit. You know, and maybe I was right. Maybe that's why the money actually came back to me. But I know I'm not going to go pick it up. And I could really use $600. So what is that, right? What is that? Um, so I get into a little bit of that with this opening episode. And I don't have answers to that, so that's not why we're not going to go any further with it. But I definitely have found myself in life winning some battles and then deciding not to reap the rewards. Um, uh, and I touch on the intellectual property conundrums I have that I don't even think it should exist. By trying to get into what's inspiring or what are the influences that we're under at any given time. To me, I feel like it's all of them. I don't shut them down because sometimes influences that I don't realize I'm under pop up at the most convenient slash inconvenient times in my life. How many might we actively be juggling? Is my piano teacher from elementary school still an influence in my life? Well, fuck yeah, she is. Definitely. Is my music teacher from fourth grade still an influence in my life? I don't know. I don't even know her name. I can kind of picture her. I can mostly picture that she used to wear these silky like flower print blouses. But I don't really remember music class from fourth grade other than it existed. But I guess since I remember its existence, it must be influencing me. And perhaps one of the phrases I use all the time is something she said. How do I know? How would I know? You can't. You can't know everything influencing you. And I don't know how you could come up with something at the age of 42 and think it was completely original when it's entirely possible that's something your brain heard when you were 11. So, again, to me, this says, well, then there is no intellectual property. It's a constant pool of what's got me influenced today out of all the options that could be influencing me that were random to assemble right here. But here we are. So, to think that because we're here, I get to stake a claim on this. This moment in time of Hakuna Matata brain activity. Why? what I do? So, there's a little bit more width and depth on why I think I am against intellectual property. But we're already more than four minutes into this one. So, I'll just say that I, I do feel the need to pay some uh, respect and give thanks to people who have influenced me in a way that helped pull me especially up out of the pity party that I was too broken to play the game anymore. And people like Christopher Hitchens, Sam Harris, and Joe Rogan have really helped me there. I don't care what you think of these people. This is what I think of them. They've been great influences on me. Even when I called Lawrence Krauss Lawrence Krasnan, and even though I know Lawrence Krauss has some sticky, to say the least, social issues that are swirling about him, maybe they're true, maybe they're not. I don't know him. I don't care. He's had an influence on me as a thinker to think bigger thoughts than I was thinking at the time I didn't know him. So he has given me points in life that move me forward. And Christopher Hitchens and Sam Harris have given me more of those in the last 10 years than anybody else. My father's given me these. Mr. McCracken has given me these. My next-door neighbor has given me these. A guy I work with gives me gives me these. Everybody in the world has given me influence, and some of them have given me so much, I have to say thank you. You have pulled me out of some of my most challenging times to think through things. And I spend many of the first three seasons going back and thanking people for their influence. I feel like I've been influenced by everybody I've ever met in some way. So, Again, I'm not sure where to draw the lines to make it clear. This is my thought and mine alone. I don't know. Maybe there is such a place. And then it comes to things like, well, what about a created piece of music? Yeah, what about a created piece of music? All the time, artists are having to go back and realize, yeah, it does sound like that song I heard in 1963. Maybe that's where that's coming from. And I'm not trying to deny the greatness of creativity in the moment and the achievement of recognizing it as the greatness it is. That, to me, is part of why we're all here, is to recognize each other in the greatness we achieve. But to then claim it as so great it needs to be recognized as my achievement 20 years from now that's still making me great? To me, that would just dismiss the rest of my life's value. Instead of going on to do something even greater, I'm just going to bask in the glow of what I've already done. Well, I don't want to live that way. Maybe because I haven't done much, but I still don't want to live that way. Uh, Talking to oneself. And, yeah. Um, Becoming anachronistic. Because the world around you has changed significantly. Is an odd space to be in. And I'm sure it happens to everybody. But if you were born pre-internet. It's happening to you no matter what. When I was talking about. I had someone at work I thought would be fascinating. To discuss what it's like to get old in this country. It's more what it's like to get old in this time. To have had pre-post internet lives. That you remember. And are textual. Not just. I was born in 1989. Well, yeah, you remember the world before the internet, but you really don't. I do. I remember the world before touchtone phones, where you had to go 3 9 0. You hoped all your friends' numbers were 3211122. I mean, worlds change to the point where what I think of as part of my world doesn't exist in yours. It is unknowable to you. That's progress. That's good. But being the anachronistic one gives you very different reflections about current circumstances that are about to be dissolved forever. Because your existence is the only thing holding them here to be reflected upon. And that doesn't make your thoughts and considerations of what you see the world having changed and morphed into as valuable, progress will happen despite everybody sitting around saying, I still want my horse and buggy whip, regardless of all these fancy cars. Okay, well go ride your horse and buggy whip, but don't expect the world to stand there with you. And so I don't try to speak on things as if there's some element of things were better the way they used to be. But I think people were better the way they used to be because there has been some level of dissociative engagement that the Internet is fostering that has changed people from having to interface one-on-one to a whole world of virtual unknowingness. So the people who had lives before the Internet know what it was to not have communication methods beyond a telephone and your feet. So what does all that have to do with wandering in there and having this conversation? It's what I have to say. This one's not very interesting to anyone, but it is interesting to me. Because I don't believe that I know today what I'm saying isn't directly influenced or even potentially mind-numbingly injected into my consciousness in a way that I believe things that are wrong, that are mistaken, that are false, that are because I took shortcuts to certain other knowledge, am certain of something that is foundationally wrong, And now building other foundations shakily on that, only to collapse later. Because my life's been filled with that stuff. The Mandela Effect alone is enough to make me think, stop trying to find out why. Stop trying to know everything. Stop trying to be some level of advanced student in a class full of others against which you measure your success based on whether or not you're better than them. How about you just go enjoy how many people are out there that are wonderful to know and have a good life? Because I can hear how much I'm desperately wanting to be slotted correctly. Being measured against all of the rest of you has fucked me up. Because I want to be better than all of you. And I'm better than none of you. And I can recognize when I'm at that logger jam is that the word probably not i was imagining whatever it is that is so stuck that every time you visit it you may improve it 0.1% but you got to keep coming back here day after day after day and hopefully in your lifetime this clog frees things start moving again but i am jammed up with determining my own value by what others think of me now I've done a lot to get rid of that. But to think I'm going to get rid of all of it in my lifetime? I'm not. So when I hear myself desperate to be approved or slotted correctly as my worth and value in this universe dictate. I know that's 8675309 earth residue. So I love you all. We're all the same. We're all of value and we're all exceptional. Every last one of us. No more so, no less so. just all of it is wonder. And I do recognize that, so I think when I show respect i I am I am without uh, a true limitation on what the potential of you is, but the potential of me I've been limiting my whole life, and i I have trouble getting through all of this, so that's why I bring it up. trying to get through this moment to arrive at a life point. Where you realize you want to examine what's e x a extend excel I don't know I don't know what that word is uh <clears throat> okay getting through the oh I don't know I know exactly what this is about uh I was also one to hmm to not One of my biggest lies to somebody else was that I was interested in them. And why was I lying about that? Because I was too full of self. Uh, I was was a dick. How else can I put this? And it wasn't that I'm not interested in you. I actually am. But instead of taking a second to snap out of whatever self-consuming moment I was having, as you were trying to have a connective moment with me, No, I would consume myself further and then judge your connective attempt according to whether or not I thought you were worthy of being a part of my life. Or something like that. I mean, something truly awful. And so, I would do this thinking that you couldn't notice. That I was so good at being um, a phony that I could phony you in a moment in which you were trying to be real. And, uh, And now... That I'm always real, I feel the phonies when they're coming at me. Which makes me know yeah, I may have pulled the wool over a couple of people's eyes who maybe were as phony as me. But every opportunity I had to run into real people, they knew I was so phony. You can't not know. Because people who aren't giving you their real selves in a real capacity at all times do reveal themselves. And so, if you're just trying to get through this moment, whatever it is, because the real moment you want to be living is the one that you're going to get to next, then whatever is happening in this moment that you're glossing through is noticeable. And if that includes another individual who's trying to come at you with something in which they're wanting to connect with you, well, you've lost out on life. Because that chance should have been one you leveraged because it offered itself to you. You had so many ways you could have been kind, understanding, and forgiving to people who needed it. But you weren't. So, if you're going to have a moment in life going forward that feels that way again, well, that will be the ultimate signal that something's wrong. That I'm doing things in a way that no longer matter. Because I'll have in some way, given up on you. Because that'll be the first step to giving up on myself. And having come through all of that, to be able to feel the difference, now gives me something both of pride and to cultivate, to protect, to say, this is my line to draw. You do not find me unforgiving, Of people's mistakes. I am the most forgiving person to a fault. Blame me for that. And I'll have the conversation. But tell me that I had no forgiveness in this situation. And either I'm coming at a moment of true self reckoning for my own behavior, or I'm standing up for myself and proving you wrong, because that's not who I am. So that's what being real for me has provided. The times when the universe says, how real are you? I say this instead of "Eh, as real as you want me to be, because that's an answer that says I'm full of shit. All right. Well, I said we were going to get through uh, five episodes and we were going to do it in uh, four minutes each so that we'd be done in under an hour. And look at this 5817 and we've done one. So should we do the next one that says, I guess I'm mostly full of shit, right? Feels appropriate right now, doesn't it? All right, we're going to do 16. Uh, and then maybe I'll just stop 17, 18, and 19 for the next one. I don't want you listening for longer than an hour because that's one twenty-fourth of your day. Well, it should be one forty-eighth of your day. And even if you're really good, I uh, can't do the math fast enough. Approximately 1 of your day. Triple up. Or 2.5. It. However, I guess I'm mostly full of shit. So I gave myself grades of poor me, trying too hard, and missing the point. Of which I get a D-minus, a C-minus, and an F. And my uh, F-U-C-K grades are F-F-F. So I guess I am mostly full of shit, if those are the grades. And you know why? Because this one is the first time looking back at last year's behaviors that I think, what the fuck was I doing? I was making a big deal out of being mistreated in my initial onboarding job opportunity at my local grocery store. Frankly, I was right. The only thing I can say about these episodes is I'm right. Corporate America fucks with us. And when they fuck with us in ways that are undeserved, which are many, if you have any sense of self-worth, they aggravate the fuck out of you. And that's what this episode is. And the very first statement I have in my uh, notes are why, wow, excuse me, I'm making a big deal out of nothing. Why am I doing it? The reason that I say I'm making a big deal out of nothing is that in review, I can see that I go into circumstances where I understand I will have 1% of the power and someone else will have 99% of the power. And then I complain about feeling leveraged and un oh, this might be lily hang on it's not um i complain about being in a position that i feel i'm leveraged against that is what i look back and see in this episode me bitching about shit that i knew was going to happen because when it happens i feel like But why did it have to happen to me? I'm special. No, you're not. You're just like everybody else. The world is set up to shit on the individual who puts himself in a position in which to be shit on. So when you're splattered in that disappointment, one that you knew going in is by far the outcome most expected. Well, no, you don't get to just jump into the front row seat of we like you and we favor you because you're different and iconoclastic, so we won't shit all over you. No, they actually see you as probably a little more trouble than you're worth, so they shit on you twice just to see if you'll take it. And then you take that, so they start shitting on you every day. And then 19 days in, you make a podcast and say... So, if that's worth listening to, go listen to it. I call myself out as an entitled douchebag, so at least I do that. I believe I'm owed accurate assessment by every judging body in the universe at all times, and that everything that I do needs to be seen for the value that it has inherent in the production of that activity. I kind of act like that, so I must think that. (sighs) Why do I overreact to shit that's minimal? Why am I an entitled douchebag? Why do I get this? I deserve karmic kickbacks. Yes, I believe that. Did I lose containment of myself in these episodes? Yes, I believe that. So these are all things now that I feel like I have to come to grips with. These are ways that take me out of being my real self and turn me into somebody who does things I regret. I don't really regret how I acted at Sprouts, but I never handled adversity well until I was overwhelmed by it. And then I was left with very few choices. And I've been in these positions too many times not to realize that that's what I do. I shut the fuck up and expect things will get better when I have something legitimate that I should bring up and say, this isn't being addressed. Why do I do it? I don't know. When I'm the new guy, I tend to keep my mouth shut. But then I come and bitch on a podcast about it, so what am I talking about? I don't keep my mouth shut. I guess I'm, in some ways, still figuring out who I am. Because these reflections on episodes that I wonder why I did it the way I did it, even now, well, the next time I guess I'll see if I act differently. And if I don't, well, we'll know this is something I still need to figure out why I behave this way and work it out. And I get into some talk about how we're achieving mediocrity by chasing things like planned obsolescence. If the whole goal is to make something that will break that has to be replaced, what what achievement does that inherently offer? Somebody to even pursue. You want to be an engineer who makes a rake that breaks every 17 months exactly? Or you want to be an engineer who creates a rake that never breaks? Which one's more fulfilling to your life? Well, I know which one we're doing. So again, when I say I don't think we're that far from changing life, from being this sort of turd that's swimming in the bowl with us now, to something glorious, well, we could stop making shit that breaks and start making shit that lasts. Watch how much that improves life. Um, So am I making progress or full of shit? I'm both, at all times. And how much of that is 50-50, 60-40, 70-30, or 80-20 is up to how I manage myself. I can be full of progress and innovation and advancement, or I can be full of shit. And the way that this episode breaks that down, well, it may not be exactly the best episode I've ever made, considering my grades don't rise above C- and have two Fs. But there is a point here, and there's a point more for me than for anybody else, and that is if you do lose containment of yourself, if you do find yourself acting in a way that just a year later makes you think, well, who the fuck is that guy? You still have work to do, and not that I need to hear that I still have work to do. I mean, the universe sends me that message all the time, well, except for my dog. My dog seems to think I'm doing enough work. But she's the only one.